Welcome to the Wisdom Lifestyle Money Show. I'm your host, Scott Dillingham. The goal of the show is to show you how you can grow personally, financially, have a larger net worth, and leverage your largest asset to help you develop the person you want to be. I take you through all the steps I did from being nothing to being told that I was nobody and I was never going to accomplish anything, from getting kicked out of high school to owning a multi-million dollar real estate portfolio in my own company with more than 20 employees. You'll meet our partners, you'll meet our friends, you'll quickly discover how you can improve your life. So listen in and enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Wisdom Lifestyle Money Show. I'm your host, Scott Dillingham. Today, I've got Adam Altica with us, who is the sole owner of Wamberg in Windsor. How's it going, Adam? Good, Scott. Thank you for having me. Awesome. No worries. I'm so glad you're here. Uh, now, what we usually do when we start off the show is when we have a guest, we have the guests kind of start and tell us growing up, how it was growing up to get to where you are now, because you're very accomplished uh, in the restaurant industry locally here. And uh, I'd love to hear your story. Yeah. Uh, thanks again for having me. I appreciate it. So, I was born in Windsor, Ontario. I lived here for uh, most of my life. Uh, attended uh, Our Lady of Perpetual Help grade school, Catholic Central for high school. Um, but uh, I actually didn't graduate uh, here. Uh, my family decided to move to uh, Lebanon when I was 17. Okay. And so I graduated from an American high school there. It was called Eastwood College. Um, and so that was a, actually a pretty formative year in my life. Uh, it uh, put me in a totally different culture, although I'm obviously uh, born and raised to be Lebanese, but I've come to realize recently that I'm Canadian Lebanese and not Lebanese. Yeah. Right? <laughs> There's uh, a difference. Yeah. And so that was a uh, quite a formative time uh, and really insightful. Um, and then I moved back to, to Windsor after a year of uh, high school there, attended the university. Uh, I was actually a uh, biology undergraduate, uh, although I'm not using that particular knowledge base in my current career, but did that for four years. The intention was actually to go to teacher's college, was there for two weeks and then quickly realized that it wasn't meant for me. Okay. Uh, at that time, I was working for a restaurant here in Windsor. They were opening a second branch at the University of Windsor, where we actually currently are. Okay. Um, they, we operated that with them for about eight months, and then they decided to exit the location because they were expanding into South Windsor. And so the opportunity to apply for that location came up because it was actually an RFP um, that was opened by the Graduate Student Society. So okay. 10 or 12 restaurants applied. Um, and we were one of them. And Jeez. then thankfully, we won that RFP process. We opened up Mari Nostrum, which was our first uh, restaurant. Um, we operated that for three years. We opened a second location uh, in Kingsville in 2017. And then that same year, we launched uh, our, our retail food division. So we got into grocery stores, bottling salad dressings. Nice. And then COVID happened. Yep. And then we pivoted over entirely to now... Uh, uh, which is our primary focus, which is Wamberg. What? So somebody hearing your story, right? And you have all these different ventures. Was there any lessons that you learned when you were younger as a child that you took with you to make you successful today? When I was younger, and even up until now, organization was key. Okay. Calendar, notes, all that stuff. I think when you're pursuing multiple business ventures, uh, being on top of everything is vital. Things can quickly get unorganized, especially when you start to have a staff of like 
22 people or whatever it is, being on top of 22 individuals, the business operations, finances, all that stuff. So I think the biggest takeaway is being organized. Um, Time management is a huge thing. Yeah, I would say those two things are probably the biggest takeaways, I think, from my childhood up until now. Okay. No, which makes sense. You're right. You have to be organized. Even like I'll see friends with clutter in their house and I'm like, even that, like even clutter in your house can affect you at work and your performance because 100%. your brain has all this stuff going on yeah. because you have stuff everywhere, right? So if you clean up and so it makes a huge difference. So yeah. thanks for sharing that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'm curious because we got started this. Now I was doing mortgages way before at a major bank and then I started Lens City pre-COVID, like right before it happened. Uh, and your Wamberg started during COVID too. How is that with the food industry and lockdowns and how did you guys make it through that? When everything happened, we obviously closed down for about 10 weeks or so. Weren't doing any operations within the restaurant. When we reopened, because of our location and our proximity to the university, I think the West End of Windsor probably suffered and was probably more impact, uh, was hit more impactfully by the pandemic um, because of its reliance on students. So we quickly realized that our previous operations weren't going to sustain us. So we started a retail, sorry, a home delivery service to kind of supplement us. And then also quickly realized that wasn't going to be enough. And then so we're like, okay, what can we do to bring in additional uh, income? I think around that time, Skip the Dishes had released a report about some of the most popular cuisines and food items within Windsor. And so burgers were at the top. But we didn't just want to be another burger place. Yeah. So we thought to ourselves, what could we do differently? Yeah. We realized that no one was doing smash burgers. Um, no one was using a Martin's potato bun. Uh, and then I think the, one of the more iconic things that we do is branding the buns with that. Bite me up. So that, in conjunction with everything happened, kind of led to that development of the project. But I think everything happening, the rise of uh, the cost of goods, um, labor shortages, everything happening all at once. There's all these externalities. I think a lot of businesses, not only restaurants, had to navigate um, just a really tumultuous time, yeah. right? Now we do have that sense of security. I don't think we are where we were three years ago, Yeah. but the fact that you're not worrying about lockdowns and restrictions on how you can operate uh, has put us in a situation where we can make better decision uh, decisions and even think longer term, not within the next two, three, six months. Yeah. And now exactly like you said, there's no lockdown. So you can plan ahead. It's not like, okay, is there going to be a lockdown? How do I hire? How do I staff for that? Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. No, that's good. Now you mentioned home delivery, right? And I know there's skip the dishes and other alternatives as well. Um, are you still offering your own home delivery? So uh, we utilize Touch Bistro, which is a point of sale system. And so they released a feature about four months ago, which is now integrated DoorDash delivery within the online ordering platform. So if a customer wants to place an order with us, but they don't want to necessarily pick it up, they have the option to deliver. And the great thing about that is, one, you're not now faced with a menu that has a 20% increase in prices because... Um, Yeah. We, whenever we upload our menus on Skip the Dishes, DoorDash, Uber Eats, we take into consideration the 20 to 30% commission that we're losing, and it varies with platform. So if you decide now to order directly through us, one, you have the option to get free delivery based off a minimum order, uh, or a very minimal delivery charge, um, 
of $5. Right now, we actually have a free delivery campaign till the end of February. Okay. In addition to that, you aren't purchasing one of our combos at a 30% markup. I like that. Yeah. Because a lot of restaurants, they don't have that. And you do. You see it and you're like, it's so much more money. Plus, then some of them still have a delivery. Yeah. And then obviously... Minimum order fee, surcharges. Yeah. So then it's like, I should just go pick this up. (laughs) And even if you don't want to, I mean, you go on our website, you hit delivery instead of pickup, you're still going to get that delivery without any of those extra charges. Okay. So that's super cool to know. I like that. So that's great for the listeners for sure. Yeah. So cool. No, I'm glad I asked you about that. Now, you mentioned you do smash burgers. Now, I have to say, I've eaten that Wimburger a ton of times. Not at, like I get... Take skip out. the dishes, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm glad that's how like home delivery. What's this? Um, what is a smash burger? Like, it's so good, but what is it? It's essentially a style of preparation where you take freshly ground beef um, and you literally take a um, iron and smash it on the griddle. And then eventually what happens is that meat sticks to the griddle. It forms a really nice crust, super crispy edges. You literally have to peel it off the crust because it's stuck there. Um, and it's so obviously a little bit more distinct and different than something like a traditional griddle where it's just cooking on top. Yeah. Uh, and that like heat uh, that you're cooking with is cooking through the burger and not actually sticking to it. And obviously different than charbroiling. Yeah. Um, and then that, I think those two things, that crust and those crispy edges are like two unique characteristics. Yeah. I was going to say like they do seem like crispy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But soft on the inside. Yeah. Because essentially you're utilizing the cooking process to cook the burger on one side almost 90% of the way. Okay. Um, you're almost trapping in all like the moisture, the juices of the burger. So when we do flip it, add that cheese, it's less than 30 seconds and then it's off the grill. Yeah. That's awesome. And I know I've heard that you guys also have halal options and things like that. Yeah. So as it stands right now, all of our chicken options are halal. Our beef is not. Okay. Um, but we're actively always looking for products that kind of meet our specifications to introduce a halal uh, beef option. So then, so chicken, you, when you order chicken, you don't have to specify halal. It just is. Yeah, everything that comes in that's poultry is halal. Oh, that's cool. So what do you find is your hottest menu item? What do you guys, obviously, is it the burgers? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, the wham, the double whammy, the American are all the smash burgers that we offer. And those are our top sellers. But when it comes to chicken, I think by far, I mean, we released the fried chicks and that was our original fried chicken option. Okay. But the hot southern chicks, it has quickly and as of right now, like overtaken the nice. fried chicks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I know prior to the show, we were talking because, uh, you know, there, there are a lot of investors that hear the show and we have business coaches and just all kinds of different things on here and you mentioned that one of the cool things that you could mention is like how does one go into choosing a location for a business which i also think is applicable for how to choose locations for real estate investment so i'm curious maybe if you could share without giving your secrets but the process yeah that you went through to being where we are right now at the university we didn't really pick that location for wamberg because we were there as a brick and mortar prior to yeah but um, Expanding has been at the like, kind of forefront of our thought process for the last year or so. And the entire time we've been thinking proximity to the expressway. And I think my insight is more specific to Windsor. I don't sure. think I could necessarily provide insight to other cities. Yeah. Uh, but the expressway in Windsor, I think, provides a huge advantage to restaurants, especially considering how heavily 
people utilize third-party delivery platforms like Skip the Dishes, Uber Eats, DoorDash, it greatly increases your delivery radius. So if you're in a residential area that's maybe a couple kilometers away from the expressway, you will have that exposure to the people within a maybe four or five kilometer radius. But all of a sudden, the expressway opens it up to maybe six, seven kilometers, eight kilometers, depending on everything. And then it also affords you the opportunity to be accessible to people coming in. Right? Yeah. So someone living in the East End can just jump on the expressway and be with, be at the restaurant within a few minutes rather than taking one of the main roads like Howard to yeah. come see Walker. Yeah, exactly. So I think right now, anytime we look for... Um, a restaurant or a space, we always take into consideration how far it is from the expressway, how far it is away from bus routes. I think a lot of the discussions across the labor market have been about shortages. So if you're not on a bus route, I think it really hinders your ability to access the labor force. And I think for a lot of, uh, I think, restaurants in Windsor, it's a lot of students. So if you're not on a bus route, I think you've basically eliminated the majority of possible applicants for any open position that you have. Now this, I don't know if you want to talk about this. If not, let me know. But have you ever considered the mall? It's close proximity to the EC road. Yeah. Lots of foot traffic. Uh, We have. uh, We haven't done anything formal in approaching the mall. I think uh, the one thing that stops us uh, or would stop the mall from allowing us in there is... uh, conflict of interest with A&W. Okay. So I think, and I'm not 100%, but they can only have one of each particular cuisine, so there's no overlap and cross-competition. Gotcha. So I know like in plazas, when op- when people op- open up and they signed a lease, sometimes they put a non-compete so that you know, two burger places can operate within a single plaza. Yep. Um, so I think that mall has that kind of same... It makes sense, yeah, because now I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about the stores that are in there or the restaurants, and yeah, you're right, there's not a duplicate. Yeah. I mean, similarities, but not... Yeah, not a complete crossover. And we see the restaurants operating in there. The one deterrent on my side is I've seen so many of those restaurants go up for sale. I'm always on Realtor. And that I begin to question, like, why? I'm obviously not in those conversations. But you can assume one thing or the other. Um, So I think that the mall and retail are still recovering. Because I think so much has moved to e-commerce, ordering online, that uh, people either might be hesitant for health concerns or have just shifted their buying habits to be more predominantly online than in-store. Yep. And so I think as a consequence, that food court has kind of seen less foot traffic, yep. therefore less sales. Yeah, You're right. And it's funny. I don't want to talk bad about them, but I, I think at least for A&W, I don't really see anybody there yeah. when I go. Not to knock them because I do like them. Yeah, yeah. I- I'm, to be honest, I'm one of those consumers where I'm like, I'm not in the mall unless I need to. And sometimes I'm only in the mall because I want to look at something and see something. And then I might end up just buying it online. Yeah. So, yeah, I think most of those those restaurants have seen a kind of a, a little downturn. And I hope it shifts back to the way things were Yeah. Um, for the sake of all the great businesses that operate in there. Um, but I, I think those people have to be a little bit more patient than the rest of us. No, makes sense. You're right, because they are. They're... You fortunately have the foot traffic from the school, which school's going to be in play, yeah, right? Yeah, of where, course. where they have people buying online, so less foot traffic, right? So it, it is a different market for yeah. sure. So cool. No, that's awesome. Now, I know that we've set up this um, 
sort of a, a link that people can sign up with and they can get 10% off yep. their first order with you guys yeah, of course. through us. Uh, I don't have the link. What we'll do is we'll put the link in the description below. So if anybody wants to try a Wamberger, they are good. I'm, I'm not being paid to tell you this. They're so good. I order them all the time. But uh, yeah, you'll be able to get 10% off through the link that's there. Now, do you want to share anything else or life lessons or tribulations that you've went through that you think would be valuable to the listener? Yeah, uh, I think uh, a lot of my insight, obviously, is going to be the food industry specific. I think over the last two years or so, um, I've developed a new level of patience that I didn't know I had. But I think specifically within insight within my industry, and I tell this to other friends that were within the food and beverage industry is the focus is people, right? Whenever we do an interview with someone, we lay down our tenants of operation, which are communication, efficiency, and speed. And then we let them know what our philosophy is at the restaurant. And it's people plus great food equals customer satisfaction. And so people and our and our employees are at the forefront of how we operate, building an environment that's like respectful, um, providing them with the resources to excel, are really what we do to ensure they're coming in and being happy. Yeah. Um, you've noted down that you love our product, other people love our product, and so those two things I think uh, lead to the byproduct, which is customer satisfaction. I really don't believe in the kind of disingenuous. Let's pursue customer satisfaction. Um, and let that be the forefront. I think if your employees are happy, you're providing them with the necessary resources, um, they come in, excel, you're pumping out a great product, I think it's almost natural for someone to leave happy. Yeah. So yeah, my, my piece of insight is, you know, if you're operating in the restaurant industry, focus on the people that, you know, are helping you operate the restaurant because I'm one of 22 people in there. Yeah. I don't know of any restaurants that are a one-man show. You have at least three or four people working yeah. for you in any restaurant. Yeah. Um, and I think the next piece of advice after you kind of have that down really well is leverage technology as much as you can. Almost every industry in the world has been touched by the advancement in any piece of technology, the internet, all that. So we've done that heavily over the last few years, okay. whether it's moving away from Excel scheduling, putting in an Excel sheet, emailing it to our staff, to now using a program called Seven Shifts, yeah. which allows us to create employee profiles, do all the scheduling on the app, has an in-app messaging feature, okay. uh, shift pooling, time off, availability. Um, we even just rolled out a new task management feature so that we're more organized on that side. So you know, leveraging technology is super important uh, for sake of operations. And then obviously, I think as your business progresses, you obviously have to put a great deal of emphasis on marketing. Yeah. And so if you can do it in-house, great. I think. Uh, we just did a, um, a small blog and newsletter with Touch Bistro. They touched on our social media. Okay. And the one thing I noted to them was, if you're going to do it in-house and you're going to have your employees do it, make sure you compensate them. I think a lot of people will think, my employees are there anyway. We'll have them do this extra stuff and they won't get compensated. And one, you either poor production or poor content or poor quality, or eventually the degradation of that kind of... Okay process because people just get bored but i think if they're being compensated for their time they feel accountable they feel uh, compensated they'll take care of it really well like they would with any other task and if you can't do it in-house then i would recommend outsourcing it i know probably that's for many small businesses in the restaurant industry that's 
one of the last things uh, they want to do. But if you want to have a social media presence, uh, I think it's vital whether you do it yourself or if you can't just outsource it. No, and I think that's important. I know you're saying it's geared towards restaurants, but I think that applies to all businesses. Yeah, like yeah. we have, I'll, I'm actually going to look up seven shifts. We have home base okay. that we use. Uh, it's up for renewal in March. You pay like an annual thing. Yeah. So we've been kind of checking to see what's out there, but yeah, it's all, like you said, it's all around technology. We have the online applications, like everything's shifting compared to before. Uh, and we all need to, to follow that. So I think your advice coincides with all business, yeah, not, for sure. not just the restaurant, for sure. And you're right. You do have to take care of your people and you have to have fun. And the more they're taking care of, the more they're going to take care of your customers. Yeah, of course. So I believe all that. No, that's awesome. So then for a customer who's looking to uh, order from you guys or reach out to you or find you online or whatever, uh, where would they go? Where's the first step for them? If you're sitting at home and don't want to leave your house, you can order off Skip the Dishes, Uber Eats, DoorDash, or you can just go on to our website, wambrick.com. Um, there's an online ordering section there. You click that. You have the option to do uh, pickup or in-house delivery. We're located at the University of Windsor, so 401 California. So if you want to come in and actually pay us a visit uh, and come into the restaurant, you can go there. Um, our location on campus is a little weird for some people because there isn't any visible parking when you see the restaurant. Um, so parking on California is going to be your best bet there. Okay. And then we don't offer actually any phone ordering. So I'm not going to provide a phone number. Okay. Uh, actually during our peak months from September to April, just because it's too crazy on campus to be picking up the phone. But then we reintroduce that service in the summer. No, so that makes sense. And then just from what you've told me on the show is that it's cheaper to order off your website. 100%, yeah. So yeah, I would definitely check there. I'm, we have the convenience of Skip and all the others but if you can save money i know right now people are looking to save money so yeah well, I, think, I, I think uh on one hand you're saving money yourself but when you also order in person obviously you're saving the restaurant money as well because yeah. we're not losing out on that commission um, mind you obviously you know, we've noted that we do increase our prices there but you're not going to increase it to the point where you're covering all the commission so yeah. you do eat up some yeah no that makes sense awesome yeah. well thanks for sharing thanks for coming on adam it was great to chat with you thank you and uh I hope everybody has a great day. If you're serious about real estate investing and you want to take it to the next level with the least amount of time and mistakes, then you're going to want to sign up for our Real Estate Investor Hub. Visit CanadianRealEstateNetwork.com and hit the blue button or banner that says Free Investor Resources. Inside, you'll have access to real estate investing courses, networking opportunities, webinars featuring industry professionals, as well as dedicated chat channels to share and get access to unique properties. I look forward to seeing you there.